past several years, the violent speeches of Malcolm X on behalf of the black Muslim movement have made headlines again and again. But Malcolm X startled the whole world last October when, from Mecca itself, he renounced black racism and denounced his former leader, Elijah Muhammad, as a religious faker. Tonight, we present the dynamic and controversial Negro leader himself, Malcolm X. Another hidden challenger panel, and this time you're going after an international story. Gordon, may we start with you this time, please? Three minutes. The story happened on a continent beginning and ending with the letter A. Yes. Was that Asia? Yes. Was it east of India? No. Was it in India? No. Was it west of India? Yes. So was it up in the Persian area? No. Was it around the Holy Land? Yes. Uh, has this to do with one of these uh, Arab uprisings? Something in the Arabian country? Which question? Uh, Arab uprising. Let's deal with that one. No. In an Arabian country? Yes. Was it Saudi Arabia? Yes. Was it the throning of the new king? No. Was it within the past three years? Yes. Was it within, in 1964? Yes. Well, there was a new king there, one abdicated. There was an airplane crash uh, with a lot of diamonds spread around in the sands. They discovered a little more oil. They bought 17 more Rolls Royces, and they married uh, 406 more wives. Any of those stories? No. Pass to Betty. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. I think you covered them all. <laughs> all right, is this a happy story? Yes. Is there any record or achievement involved? I don't know. Is there any money involved? No. Are you the central figure of the story? Yes. Are you a political figure? No. Are you a military figure? <laughs> no. I don't know why that's getting a chuckle, but it is. Um, is there any loss of life in the story? You've talked of this being some kind of achievement, but is there any unpleasant aspect to the story? Partly. Partly. Pass to you, Charles. Well, were there any violence involved? Partly. Partly. Were you involved in the violence? No. Was it of a military nature? No. Uh, was it a raid of some kind? No. Uh, did you get kidnapped or taken away in some, uh, abducted in some way? No. Uh, had it to do with a sports event? Did you involve no. yourself? Nothing like that. Well, you're giving us trouble here. Was there some exploration involved? Some what? Exploration. Partly. Uh, were you um, looking for oil, say? No. You were not, but this got a chuckle also. Uh, did you fall heir to a lot of money? No. Did you uh, take some money off somebody else through some legal proceeding? No. Is this an archaeological story? No. Is there any political aspect to it? Partly. There's partly a political aspect. Is there a, is a discovery of some sort involved? Yes. Is a crime of some sort involved? Partly. Partly a crime, partly discovered. Saudi Arabia. There is an element of this story geographically that you couldn't hope to uh, understand without uh, exploring some other areas, which is giving you well, the trouble. There's Yemen, there's Aden, there's the Bible. It just our guests uh, made, in effect, this announcement from this particular place. But if you'd connected the United States, perhaps you would have gotten oh, a little closer see. to it. But you will understand when you see our guest, Mr. Malcolm X, and the story is Malcolm rejects oh, oh, racist Mecca. doctrine in Mecca.
there was no way of getting you back on the track without giving it away. We knew the story would give you trouble, and it did. And uh, we uh, we want to talk with our guest in just a moment. We'll do that, but first, this message from the makers of Demorier cigarettes. In sharp contrast to the goal of integration sought by such civil rights leaders as Dr. Martin Luther King has been the goal of black nationalism espoused by the black Muslim movement in America. In recent years, growing crowds have listened to the argument that the Negro in America can never find justice in a society dominated by whites. Leader absolute of the black Muslims is Elijah Muhammad, the messenger of Allah. He has led and spoken for the movement since its early days some 30 years ago. But in the last few years, the most dynamic and prominent black Muslim spokesman has been Malcolm X. A year ago, a rift developed between Elijah Muhammad and Malcolm X, and the fiery Malcolm X quit Elijah's movement. After announcing his intention of starting a black nationalist party, Malcolm X traveled to Mecca, there to study with the ranking scholars of Islam and to work with the Muslim world league. In October, in two letters from Saudi Arabia, Malcolm X rejected the philosophy of black racism and called Elijah Muhammad a religious faker. Tonight's front page challenge welcomes the outspoken Negro leader, Malcolm X. Sir, what was, what's the real reason why you two men split? Is it merely ideological or is it personality? What else? Probably personality. It was not uh, the statement that uh, originally was gave, given by the movement when, I, when we split. More personality than anything else. You've called people like Martin Luther King, who just got a Nobel Peace Prize, uh, an Uncle Tom. Is this correct, first? Well, I'd rather say that uh, in the States, there's a law that has recently been passed, or a decision handed down by the court, wherein if you call someone an Uncle Tom, they can sue you for libel. Well, so I never refer to them as... Uncle Tom. I would say that Uncle Martin is my friend. Uncle Martin is your friend, yet you would disagree with his uh, approach to what he wants to accomplish. Definitely. If his approach would bring about uh, what the black man in America needs to completely eliminate the problem that we have, I would say well and good. But I very much doubt that uh, anyone who uh, adopts the approach that Martin Luther King has been teaching to our people in that country can point to any meaningful gains that has actually served to solve the problem. Black Muslims uh, have sometimes, whether you have or not, and I think probably you have, have sometimes, it seemed to me, been preaching hate to meet hate. Uh, I don't advocate any kind of hate. But there's I think a lot that, of talk that sounds very much like it. No, I think that the guilt complex of the American white man is so profound until when you begin to analyze the real condition of the black man in America, Instead of the American white man eliminating the causes that create that condition, he tries to cover it up by accusing his accusers of teaching hate. But actually, they're just exposing him for being responsible for what exists. Well, that's, that's uh, something of, of an argument. But I've heard speeches made by some of the people of your group. I think I've heard you make speeches. It seemed to me that you were advocating uh, what I would have to describe, I think, as violence to meet the serious injuries that have been done your people, with which I totally agree. I don't call that violence. Uh, I don't in any way encourage black people to go out and initiate acts of aggression indiscriminately against whites. But I do believe that the black man in the United States and any human being anywhere is well within his right to do whatever is necessary, by any means necessary, to protect his life and property, especially in a, in a country where the federal government itself has proven that it is either 
in, unable or unwilling to protect the lives and property of those human beings. Just before Pierre takes it, you've got a pretty good fighter and the world's heavyweight champion lined up with you to help out. Yes, Pierre. <laughs> well, Mr. X, if I guess I call you that. Is that a proper uh, appellation, yes. Mr. X? I I'm wondering if you still believe, as I think you certainly did in the time you were allied to the black Muslim movement, in a segregated black nation no. in North America. I don't believe in any form of segregation or any form of racism. Uh, I'm against any form of segregation and against racism. Is it, uh, am I right in saying that the black Muslim movement, which you have left, did believe in that? Well, Elijah Muhammad taught his followers that the only solution was a separate state yeah. for black people. And as long as I thought he genuinely believed that himself, uh, I believed in him and believed in his solution. But when I began to doubt that he himself believed that that was feasible, and I saw no kind of action designed to bring it into existence or bring it about, then uh, I turned in a different direction. Are you still a Muslim yourself? Oh, yes. I'm You're a Muslim. I believe in the religion of Islam, which believes in brotherhood, complete brotherhood of all people. But at the same time that I believe in this brotherhood, I don't believe in forcing my uh, desire for brotherhood upon those who aren't willing to accept it. Of course, I think the Christians would say that they also believed in brotherhood. What did you say to that? I'd say they believe in it, but don't practice it. <laughs> well, that'd be a pretty good answer. <laughs> Sir, when the uh, muezzin goes up in the minaret twice a day, he cries to the world, there is but one God, and he is Allah. Do you deny that there is a Christian God? Uh, the muezzin does this five times a day. Five times, and I only heard him twice. Well, you were fortunate to hear him twice. <laughs> but he does this five times a day, and the same God that he says uh, that he expresses the existence of is the God that the Christians profess to believe in themselves, and the God that the Jews believe in, one God, the creator of the universe. The Muslims believe in the God that created the universe, and I think the Christians do, and the Jews do. Now, as long as all of them are talking about the creator, uh, the Jews may call him Jehovah, and Christians may have another name for him. Those who are Arabic-speaking refer to him as Allah. Well, we believe in the same God. Now, as the Muslim religion advances in the United States, are you uh, modernizing it or, or sticking with the old faiths? For example, the complete segregation of the sexes. I think that everything today on this earth is being modernized. Uh, religious uh, principles and practices, as well as political and other, and other things. Now, when you went to Mecca, this is a very sacred and forbidden city. I tried to get to Mecca myself and certainly didn't make it, uh, not being a Muslim. But how would they accept you as one? You're an American. There are few American Muslims. This is true. And by being an American and not having uh, any, not being able to speak the Arabic language, I did strike a snag, a very serious snag. But I was fortunate uh, to have been pretty well known by the officials in Arabia. And they knew, too, that I had uh, accepted Orthodox Islam. It had been highly publicized in the paper, and I w became a guest of the state. I was a guest of who? Of Prince Faisal, the present King Faisal. Faisal. And they made it possible for me to go before the committee, Hajj committee or Hajj court, who examines you and, and asks you questions about your belief. And if you pass it, then you are okay to go to Mecca. But it's you would true. have to have a translator then? Uh, oh, I had one. Then we realizing that our problem in America, that we are black Americans, and we have a problem that goes beyond religion. We formed a group known as the Organization of Afro-American Unity. And the objective of this organization, it's non-religious, number one. Any Negro can belong to it. And the objective of, the, of that organization is to uh, bring about a condition that will guarantee respect and recognition of the 22 
million black Americans as human beings. We feel that the problem, number one, of the black man in America is beyond America's ability to solve. It's a human problem, not an American problem or a Negro problem. And as a human problem or a world problem, we feel that it should be taken out of the jurisdiction of the United States government and the United States courts and taken into the United Nations in the same manner that the problems of the black man in South Africa, Angola, and other parts of the world, and even the way they're trying to bring the problems of the Jews in Russia into the United Nations because of violation of human rights. We believe that our problem is one not a violation of civil rights, but a violation of human rights. Not only are we denied the right to be a citizen in the United States, we're denied the right to be a human being. Mr. X, may I thank you very much for coming on our program and perhaps clearing away some of the cobwebs of misconception that some of us might have had about your belief. And I think you're a very sincere man, and it takes a lot of courage to, ad uh, to admit a former belief is wrong, and we congratulate you for that and the service you performed tonight in giving us your views. Thank you so much, Mr. Thank you. Thank you.